sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Happy Monday. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. We got you locked for the next two hours covering everything happening in Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, and the NHL as well. Two hours of fantasy sports talk, wagering sports talk, and of course the reality of sports in the game. I am Craig Mish. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. We got plenty to get to here on the show today. And of course my co-host Joe Pizapia is here to share it all with me for the next two hours. Joe, it's great to see you on this Monday. How was your weekend? It was good. I spent most of it looking for Yoannis Cespedes, and wouldn't you know it, Craig, it's always wherever mm. you thought you left it last, which was the waiver wire. So that's where I found him, and everything was all said and done on Monday morning. But yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy weekend, that's for sure, and uh, some good baseball somewhere in between. Yeah, we're uh, we're sort of you know, picking up the pieces with one baseball team, maybe shutting down the pieces on another baseball team. It's been a wild 2020 season to begin with as we wait uh, to hear what the St. Louis Cardinals plan is for this week. But uh, certainly at this point, it looks like some games postponed. They've already missed a few, but the Marlins are getting ready to play again. The Phillies are going to play tonight. So perhaps we have some normalcy in baseball, but I think without a doubt, Joe, the thing that really captivated a lot of people were the exciting basketball games that were played over the weekend. Uh, Giannis and crew went down to the wire last night. Luka Doncic was amazing, and I think that what's happened is that we have some nice distractions here with both baseball and basketball going on at the same time. And, of course, for those people who are hockey fans as well, uh, it, it's basically 24 hours of sports and got an <laughs> empty game is. coming up here in about an hour. So, yeah, it certainly is. And uh, last night I had to go to bed early I had an early wake up call this morning, but I did get to watch uh, the Raptors and the Lakers on Saturday. That was super fun there. Getting to watch Kawhi Leonard and uh, I mean, uh, excuse me, LeBron James rather. And uh, see how, you know, the Lakers are really doing here at this stage in the game. And uh, look, I'm excited for basketball. I told you I, I am looking forward to this. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this playoff run. And Giannis, what a game last night for him. I know they came up short, but still an incredible performance, no doubt about that. And uh, look, these are exciting times. We have to enjoy sports while we have sports. And right now, today, as of noon Eastern, Monday, we have sports. So let's enjoy them. All right, so let's get to it. Here are our Fantasy Sports Today headlines from the weekend and here for this Monday, August the 3rd, 2020. Of course, the top story has to be two players in Major League Baseball opting out. One who is an all-star, another who used to be an all-star, and two very different stories. Lorenzo Cain telling the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers essentially didn't feel comfortable playing this season, so he has opted out and plans on returning in 2021. And then Yoenis Cespedes, who went through a two-hour period or three-hour period yesterday of the Mets putting out a release of not knowing where he was and uh, you know, just all kinds of uh, messy situations there. And I think that there are probably more questions than answers, which is always the way it is with the Mets. But uh, bottom line <laughs> is Cespedes did not look very good at the plate. He struck out a lot. It's very possible that he's seen his last at-bat in the major leagues based on the way that he left the Mets. But again, uh, there are some other reports that it was COVID-related. So best for me to wait on these sort of things, which has to be the rule of thumb uh, in all of sports, based on what's going on right now, it's uh, jumping the gun on things I'm learning is uh, not the way to go. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, dominant in his return. He looked excellent, almost pitching six innings. The Dodgers are unbeatable. 
If you bet them to win the World Series, you're feeling great. They look invincible. They haven't even called up Gavin Lux yet. He'll be up at the end of this week. Uh, there's not much more you can say about them unless the Yankees run into them and, and beat them. But we could be looking at, at that matchup in the World Series, which is absolutely dynamic if that happens. Uh, Cardinal season, as I mentioned, is on pause. I reported over the weekend that they had six positive tests. And uh, indeed, they did. They had several positives and some inconclusives, which the club is uh, essentially saying that those inconclusives are positives because uh, one of the tests is positive, one of the tests is negative, and so they're considering them positive. I know it's very confusing, but the bottom line <laughs> is that the Cardinals right now have are still in Milwaukee, just like the Marlins were in Philadelphia, and I would guess they will be in Milwaukee all week long, and then their season will resume in a few days or not. We don't know. Uh, Aaron Judge on an absolute tear, hit two home runs yesterday. He's uh, getting into that Don Mattingly category of consecutive home run streaks. He's not quite there yet, but he's getting close. And then Kyle Lewis, what more can you say about this guy? Uh, If the season ended right now and it doesn't, and if they do hand out awards at the end of the year, which I assume they will, uh, (laughs) Kyle Lewis has been the best rookie in baseball, the best rookie in fantasy baseball. It has not been particularly close. And at some point, we know this will end. But, Joe, the ride, certainly for people who believed in him, has been a heck of a ride thus far. Yeah, and as we welcome our audience here for radio over on FST on Sports Grid, it has been a wild ride so far, no doubt about that. And the story's got to be Aaron Judge right now. He is on absolute tear. And congratulations, Philadelphia Phillies. You're back playing baseball, and tonight you get to face Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. Congratulations, Jake Arietta. That's what you've won. Uh, it is not a good assignment having not played baseball in a while to all of a sudden have to come into Yankee Stadium. Uh, fans aside, no fans. Uh, still have to face Garrett Cole tonight and a red-hot uh, Aaron Judge, and he wasn't the only one going yard yesterday. Bogart hit two, two, but it didn't matter because it's all about Aaron Judge's world, and we're just living in it. And I think it's just great to see that this guy is healthy because I had a lot of concerns with that shoulder in the spring. There's a lot of rumors floating around over quarantine of how healthy he really was. It is great to see him healthy, and I'll tell you what, he's in a great spot again to go yard tonight against Arietta and that weak bullpen, Craig. I think Aaron Judge right now, you continue to ride that hot hand, especially in the daily fantasy world. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and coming up after the update, we'll hear from Aaron Judge, and we'll also go over everything that happened in the NBA. Of course, we have NBA games getting ready to start in just a little bit. The Miami Heat will be back on the court. There was some uh, discussion over the weekend as to Jimmy Butler's availability for this game starting in an hour, but he will be available, and so therefore it'll be some good television going on this afternoon. There is so much to talk about here on the show and so little time to do it. So what we're going to do now is turn it over to Dan Strafford. He's got the Sports Grid update from today, from the weekend, and then Joe and I will be back and we'll take a look at the Weekend Warriors right here on Fantasy Sports Today. So we'll hit Dan in about 15 minutes from now. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll hit the Weekend Warriors right here on Sports Grid on FST. Stay tuned. Craig and Joe are back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, 
right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you as we kick you off here on this Monday on Sports Grid. Make sure you stay tuned all day long and head on over to sportsgrid.com for the latest sports information, latest wagering information, and on this show, latest fantasy information as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Sports Grid and check out our YouTube channel to Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. You can catch uh, Joe this week filling in uh, on the morning radio show. Joe, how did that go this morning? Nice and early there for you, huh? It went great. It was fun to hang out with my good buddy, Chris Pavona, who used to do Black Book Show with me for a few years back on the FNTSY days before Sports Grid. So it was fun to reconnect with him. Also, I uh, sang the Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego song about Ioannis Cespedes. We uh, made that work, and that was uh, very entertaining. So that is now living on the Internet as well. But, yeah, if you're up early in the morning and you're looking for a little fun and a little uh, fantasy and wagering talk, Bagels and bad beats, uh, filling in for Scott Wetzel. Hopefully he's enjoying his vacation for these three days. All right, so check out Joe in the morning over on Sports Grid Radio on our YouTube channel. I know a lot of people were locked into basketball last night and baseball as well, but there's no doubt there was one player who stole the show over the weekend, and that was Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees, who is now uh, on a tear. He has hit a total of six home runs in five games, and after the game yesterday, he met with the media, talked about all of the shots that he's hit. He's a super humble guy. You're never going to get him to put himself above the team. This is just who he is. Uh, But Judge also talked about the dynamic of playing against the Red Sox and having all that excitement where he hit two home runs and Xander Bogarts hit two home runs, but yet there were really no fans to see it. Check it out. I was thinking about that earlier, you know, just even just getting into this series. And I was talking with Christian Vasquez and said, man, this is it's kind of weird to see a Yankees Red Sox series and have this place empty. Usually it's a sold out game. The crowd's going crazy from the first pitch. But even bigger for moments like that, when guys hit homers, I know Bogart's hit a couple homers tonight and I know how the crowd reacts, you know, throwing the homer back. And but even our guys, you know, DJ coming up with that big hit and, you know, tying the game up there in the eighth, you know, I'd, Yankee Stadium would have been going nuts. So it's we, we miss the fans. A lot, but um, you know, we'll get through this season. Hopefully, have him back for for next season. Yeah, and I think at this point, Joe, when you look at Judge, we are about fifteen percent through the baseball season. Uh, <laughs> fantasy owners, in particular, who took that leap on Judge back in February and March, are getting supremely rewarded. I'm guessing that most people who took him in the month of July, when they started up fantasy baseball, are also getting rewarded. The only question is, can Judge stay on this field for 60 days? Because if he can, he'll probably end up leading the American League in home runs. He's got a shot at the MVP. And who knows, maybe Don Mattingly's record of consecutive home run streak games is uh, in jeopardy right now. It doesn't seem like there's any stopping him. I think it is in jeopardy. And I don't think it's a crazy thing to talk about because if you look what's happening here, the layoff for the Phillies, uh, the starting pitchers that they have coming up here. I just feel like there's an opportunity here really for Aaron judge to basically make a bit of history in this crazy season. Wouldn't it be great to have some positive history and a positive story? I think Aaron judge is what we need right now. And yes, he's right. Uh, Yankees, Red Sox without the crowd. there is not the same, but the fans are there. The fans are watching. So let's not lose sight of that. And I don't think it would have the same kind of juice, even with all the crowd in the ballpark, because the Red Sox don't have the same kind of juice. Uh, and unfortunately, they got some even bad news over the weekend, which we didn't even touch on, because that's how much is going on, which is Eduardo Rodriguez won't be finishing the season with the Red Sox, the repercussions from COVID. So I will lose the over-under on his starts for sure. That is a huge bummer and a huge blow to this Red Sox rotation, Craig, that also already 
I don't think could handle any more bad news. And this was another bit of bad news over the weekend for them. So this is going to be a very tough 60 game season for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, it, it definitely will be. And uh, and that under seems like it's got a good shot of coming in for sure. I uh, want to go real quick to, uh, over to, to basketball just so we kind of mm-hmm. you know keep the flow of ba- uh, basketball and, sure. and baseball flowing. And then we'll get back to some baseball uh, here a little bit. But I know Judge is the top story, and I want to make sure that <laughs> we don't forget about that because those of you who have him in fantasy, you're probably yelling at the screen. You're like, what are you talking about, Judge? I mean, he's, he's my guy. He's leading me in the first two weeks. Of course he is. No doubt. I, I get it. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't, I'm not there with you with Judge, but I'm there with you in understanding that. Uh, but let's go real quick to the NBA and and touch on that, too, because this show is going to be baseball, basketball, and football as we move forward. Uh, the Rockets beat the Bucks last night in probably the best game so far they've had in the mm-hmm. NBA. Although, yeah, you know, the Lakers' first game against the Clippers went right down to the wire, too. But I thought that was very entertaining last night. Uh, Spurs are 2-0 and in Orlando. That should be no surprise. They've played well uh, before this whole thing uh, stopped and then started again. The Magic lose one of their key players, Jonathan Isaac, to his ACL. He is going to be out, and so uh, the Magic you know, certainly are going to be in the playoffs. Washington has just completely uh, fallen apart. That's a nice way to put it. Uh, Magic are going to be in. It's just a matter of what seed they are at this point. In the NFL, Doug Peterson tested positive for COVID, and, uh, and eight New England Patriots in total have opted out for the 2020 NFL season. And so, uh, Joe, the, uh, you know, the NBA has been a nice distraction. It has been entertaining basketball. And I think that the other part that you're seeing now is video on the field in training camps of the NFL. And so mm-hmm. hopefully the NFL has sort of taken a cue from the other two sports because uh, certainly it has not been smooth for Major League Baseball. And on the flip side, the NBA has been virtually perfect with exciting games. So hopefully the combination of understanding the way that those are happening will continue to keep the NFL on the field. And and the good news is, at least for Major League Baseball, even with this disaster for the Marlins, they're back on the field tomorrow. So uh, maybe we're learning along the way. Yeah, <clears throat> look, there's always going to be stumbling blocks. I think we know that. The Peterson news was certainly a, a big one that dropped. And uh, look, I, I think also... Uh, when you look at what the NBA is doing and has done so far, I don't know if you saw it, but NBA TV ran a fantastic little half hour special about how they're doing this inside the bubble. And uh, it is incredible when you look at the way the wristbands work and the way everything works and the interactions and and what the players were doing. And they kind of lent behind the scenes of the bubble, basically. And it was really incredible to watch and, and very telling. And I think you could see that the players basically have bought into it. I think it's about their safety. I think it's about trying to get the games. And I think it's about getting everybody back to what they love to do, which is to play. And I think you could get a sense from watching that, at least I did, that they were willing to do this in order to get to do the thing that they loved. And you could see the joy in their faces when they're out, the practices together, back together, playing basketball, and now subsequently the games. And I think that really came through. Obviously, huge news here for the Magic, too, to, to lose Isaac here uh, for an ACL. And when you couple that with the fact that the next season, you would think, is going to start sooner than later, when are you going to get him back? I mean, look, he's probably done for next year, too, which is which is really not what you want. Uh, but, yeah, and continuing, the Patriots seem to be leading the charge here with all these opt-outs, and I'm sure more are going to come this week. Uh, but, Craig, when you look at the coach situation here with Doug Peterson, at least the good news is that he was asymptomatic, so that is a positive on which is basically a negative story with a positive test. Yeah, and, and again, you know, some people experience different symptoms with this. It's not 
always cut and dry, but hopefully for mm-hmm. Peterson, he can get back on the field. According to the reports out of Philadelphia, Deuce Staley is uh, is running a lot of the practices for now, the former running back with the Eagles. Uh, so uh, hopefully everything will be okay for him. Uh, okay, uh, over the weekend, in case you missed it, the Fantasy Baseball Weekend Warriors. I know Sunday night was an absolute headache for me with uh, picking up players in fantasy. What an absolute nightmare. I mean, just trying to figure out who is in and who is out. We're going to try to do that for you here on the show today, but it ain't going to be easy. So many injuries, so many players out, so many teams not playing. (laughs) But here are more or less the stars from the weekend. Aaron Judge, of course, with the six home runs and five straight games. Whit Merrifield leading in hits again. This guy is just its tough to stop, and, and no one talks about this guy. Uh, for Kansas City. He went four for nine Saturday and Sunday, leading the American League in hits. David Fletcher, uh, also Saturday and Sunday, now getting a full-time chance to play, as he should. One of the best utility guys in baseball, four for nine with four runs scored, two RBIs, sitting 389. By the way, Albert Pujols also hit a grand slam for the Angels yesterday as well. Uh, Nobody in terms of power in the NL outside of uh, we're all really in baseball. Nick Castellanos has been on a tear. Five for Mm ten, three home runs, seven RBIs over the weekend, hitting 387. Uh, Donovan Solano, who somehow found his way back into an important role with the San Francisco Giants, is leading all Major League Baseball and hitting at 484. He went 5 for 12 with 4 RBIs. And uh, and Tommy Pham has been the stolen base leader in Major League Baseball with 5, and he's getting on base a lot, and he's running a lot. And so I don't think anybody had Pham, Joe, as Major League Baseball stolen base leader, but here we are. No, but just last week we were, or two weeks before the season started, I should say, we were talking about efficiency of stolen bases, and Fan was one of those guys, if you recall. We were talking about guys who can get on base and make the most of the opportunities they do get, no matter how many they might be. And Fan was one of the best guys in terms of actually getting the stolen base on the attempt. And uh, look, Whit Merrifield, look, there's only two guys last year that had 200 hits and 100 runs scored. It was Raphael Devers, and it was Whit Merrifield. And Whit Merrifield has basically been my guy for a couple years now, and I just love this guy. I love the approach. And he's got such a team-friendly contract, I would love to see him move somewhere else. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Dan is uh, we'll get back to baseball here in a minute but uh, Joe Dan did mention uh, the XFL uh, with what is this life number three now is this is this the third try that is correct the that is correct. this is number three yeah well listen I mean you know what, what they say if, if you if you, tr- if you don't if you fail once try again if you fail twice try a third time and I guess the XFL will give it a third shot, and uh, the the Rock can just basically reach into his back pocket to get this league going again, and and give it a shot. I don't I don't know what will happen here, but if history tells us anything, it's it's an uphill battle with the XFL. That's that that's I'll leave it at that. It's an uphill battle. That's fair. I know you probably don't want to spend any time on this, but real quick, if anybody can make it work, I think The Rock can, only because there's a guy who loves football. I mean, this is a former Miami player, as you well know. This is a guy who loves the game, has the pockets to do it, and has the the right face, I think, to do it as well. A very likable face that uh, I think a lot of the general public can get behind. So uh, I hope it's not done. You know me. I'd like to see it. Uh, but I know you are done with spring football. Very cynical. Yes, very cynical with this. And very and very uh, pessimistic. Pe- pessimistic. Get the pessimistic. 
There's no pe- pests. Uh, pessimistic it with it. Yes, I, I've been I've been through this uh, down this road now uh, three t- uh, twice with three times now for the XFL. One time with the AAF. And um, yeah, I just I I don't I just don't think anybody wants to watch minor league football. Just like we wouldn't put minor league baseball on primary TV either. But listen, good for the Rock. He's got the money. There's no doubt. This is not going to hurt him whatsoever to get it going. Remember, they were bankrupt, so basically buying it didn't really cost him all that much. Okay, nope. now this weekend, uh, I'll tell you, there were a lot of interesting things that cost people uh, people some money. No doubt about that. And one of them, Joe, has got to be closers. Closers in <laughs> fantasy, un- unsurprisingly, are-, are as volatile this year than they've ever been. And I would say this week has been more so even than in past years. Usually, it's about eight to ten guys in the first two months. And I think we hit that in the first week. And <laughs> here are some of the possibilities. I- 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 and-, and again, I got... Um, On the waiver wire, I think I got Williams, this guy on Seattle. I have no idea who he is. Uh, But here we go. These are the the players that were out there on the waiver wire. Cole Sulcer, uh, and and I know a lot about the Orioles. I had never heard of Cole Sulcer before the season started, but we couldn't make any moves in one of my leagues until yesterday. So Cole Sulcer, three saves. Uh, second in the American League. Okay, great. Uh, Trevor Gott I had heard of. I had never thought that he would be the saves guy for San Francisco, but here we are. Taylor Williams had a cup of coffee in Milwaukee. He's now the closer of Seattle. And Colorado's now down to their third closer with Wade Davis and Scott Oberg out. And Gyro Diaz is the name that's being brought up. But it's Colorado. It's Coors. It's elevation. There's no guarantee that even Diaz can be good with them. But, boy, I will tell you. This is, it's madness. We, I mean, we talked about Toronto and a couple of other teams the week before that. I mean, you don't even have uh, Kirby Yates saving games. You have Pomeran saving games for San Diego. So saves is a mess. It's a guessing game. It's a dart throw. And I suppose, and Oliver Drake, I, I ended up getting him too. But I, I'm not confident that, that any of these guys that I've listed here are going to end up leading in saves, although nothing would surprise me. No, nothing ever surprised you. And I think uh, disaster when it comes to saves is the word you're really looking for. I mean, when you think about that Baltimore one, too, it was supposed to be Michael Givens. And you heard about Hunter Harvey and they're like, OK, well, maybe it's going to be a committee of those guys. No, it's Cole Sulcer. And I'm, I thank you for being transparent, saying I have no idea who some of these guys are, because I, thought I have it was no just idea. Me. Yeah. And, and I know no, sometimes I, no I can get preoccupied with football and sometimes, you know, that's fair. Uh, but the fact that you don't know these names as well, I think tells you all you need to know about these names. And it's it's been a very fluid situation here. And I think a lot of it has to do with, obviously, what this season is. But it also has to do with the role of closer and how every year it just seems to be just rolling over into different things. And you know what? Well, our best reliever's here. And, you know, the stats say it's better to use our best reliever in this scenario when these guys are up and the save isn't important. It's about whether or not we can get the win here. And, and you know, this notion of, well, the best reliever should be last for those clean three outs. Well, maybe not. And it is something that obviously analytics are changing as well. But I, I also think that just the role is changing itself. And, and trying to chase it right now is nearly impossible the good news is uh, <laughs> that if you did have one or two of the the closers that were good that you paid for that you had in those roles, that's great. But pretty much the rest of it is fluid, and we haven't even mentioned the Mets situation, which is probably fluid as well uh, going yeah, into true. this week. So it yeah. is just an unmitigated disaster right now, trying to find saves and on a daily basis. But I've heard of the Mets guys. That's the difference. Well, that's I mean, these, these guys. Yes. These guys were not even on my radar at the beginning no. of the year. Like. No. 
it's it's tough. But again, I mean, those are the names. So if those of you who are out there and you're playing in fantasy, I mean, those are the names definitely to attack if you still have a chance. If not, just grab them all, put them on the bench somewhere, and uh, listen, you'll be able to use them at some point. There's no doubt. Is Trevor all right, Gott uh, the son of Jim Gott? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I saw you know the name Gott. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. Sometimes we see a name. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check. You know, I, I didn't even look into that. I That's is certainly possible. Uh, all right, Nick Madrigal, former first-round pick uh, from the Chicago White Sox, made his Major League debut. He was called up on Friday, and it, and it started off a little slow. He went 0 for 8 on, on Friday and Saturday, but then all of a sudden on Sunday busted out with four hits, and basically the deal is with some rookies, they start off like like on fire, like Lewis Robert. Others, yeah, they're a little bit nervous, and I think Madrigal probably was a little bit nervous to make his Major League debut. Um, and after the game, interestingly enough, Madrigal talked about how it took him a little bit to you know, sort of get his feet under him, and then in the end, it was just kind of sort of like playing baseball again. too shocked about you know um or you know overwhelmed or anything like that you know it's kind of what i thought it was going to be as far as the competition and you know stadium and things like that um but i mean it was great just to you know be able to put the one the first one away and uh i'm excited for the future yeah joe we've talked a lot more about the white Sox, i think this year than we have in the last 10 and, and there's probably a good reason for that is because they're showing right now there's no question that they're a top, I think a top five offense in Major League Baseball. They're, they're not in the Yankees category. They're not in the Dodgers category, and they're not in the Twins. But they're a, they're a tier below that. On any given day, they could bust out 10, 15 runs. Uh, Madrigal is going to be a big part of this. Robert has been amazing. They mm-hmm. have Abreu. They have Encarnacion. Grandal. They have a ton of hitting. If they can get their pitching going, I think that will be the key moving forward for them. I don't think they're as good as the Twins. But if I had to guess and and put some odds on will they make the postseason, yes or no, and I know it's probably too late on FanDuel, I would put money on the yes here. I think that they'll get it straight, and they've looked really, even though the record doesn't indicate it, I think the best is yet to come with them. Well, that Dylan Cease start this weekend was very important because you need somebody else besides Giolito to step up in that rotation. You kind of know what Keiko's going to be, but you need somebody else there in the back end. And if Cease can be a quality start guy at the very least this year for this small run, that's huge. Uh, and Robert absolutely has been brilliant. He's moved to the top of that order to a Tim Anderson out. Uh, probably look for that again today. And Nick Madrigal on the FanDuel side of things, he's a free square. We talk about those sometimes. I didn't even put him in the DFS section of the show today because I knew we were going to talk about him. He is just 2.0 K tonight on Fandle, which means if you want to go up to the top of the board and pitching, you can because of uh, the situation of guys like Madrigal and Madrigal right now. Look, you know, yeah, you didn't hit in the first game, but you know what? I think he hit a lot on Sunday to prove it. And I think you can feel pretty good about that return on investment. And yes, this offense is very good. You could even play Madrigal in the nine hole and then swap around to Robert in the one Moncada two. All of a sudden, that's a nice little stack in a good hitter friendly environment in Milwaukee tonight. And I think that uh, I, I think that's the team to watch for me moving forward to Agreed. see if they can get it turned around. All right. Well, before the season started, uh, you watched this show, and we basically burned some of your money. So an apology for that, because there is no chance of Shohei Otani winning the most valuable player this year. And if you put your ten or twenty or thirty dollars, hit me or Joe up on Venmo, and we'll pay, and and show it to me, and I'll and I'm going to pay you back for it because that was obviously a horrible call. Uh, look at Otani's numbers pitching this ball over the last two starts. My gosh, no innings pitch, three hits, three walks, five earned runs in his first start. And I was nervous even before this when he made his exhibition start and it didn't look good. 
And then the wheels completely fell off yesterday with Otani, an inning and two thirds, five walks, two earned runs. And this dude can hit. There is no question he showed that last year. But, Joe, there's video of him throwing a pitch yesterday and basically cringing almost, going over to the mound afterwards and didn't throw a single pitch above 90 miles an hour from that point uh, moving forward. Uh, It's a great story to have a pitcher and a hitter in Major League Baseball, and certainly there's still a chance for Otani to be that. But I don't think the Angels can move on with him as a pitcher, and now you got to be concerned they may not even have him as a hitter moving forward as we wait the results from his MRI. Yeah. That's the point I was going to make is now what? Now what for the hitter? Now what for the player? Uh, Look, he had Tommy John last year and now trying to work him back. Maybe they worked it back too quickly. Maybe not. Maybe it's just something where maybe pitching might not be in the cards in his future. But it's just going to take him out of the lineup as well. And I think that's the bigger problem because now you have Trout out for a little while. I know he's supposed to be back this week, but we shall see. Uh, Rentoen started off the year on the injured list. So this is a lineup that can ill afford to miss Otani in it as the DH. So going forward, not only you have to worry about this year with Otani, but I think now you have to worry going forward. Will he ever pitch in the major leagues or will this experiment kind of go by the wayside and will he just be a DH going forward? And it's a lot to take in and we wish him the best. I know because it's very frustrating. He worked very hard to get back and it was a really great potential story. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get the good version of that story in 2020. Yeah, not this year, but but hopefully in the future. And and look, I I don't think that the Angels are going to completely scrap the idea of him being a pitcher, but maybe they have to adjust it if if look, he's had a while in this interim since the pandemic. What do you think of him as a closer, Craig? DH and then closer. Can you do that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, he's doing things that have never been done anyway, so I would say that's a possibility, but look, he just doesn't, he can't throw at all right now. He's not even throwing heat. Mm -hmm. So, I hope that he's able to come back and hit for them this year, and at least deliver some value for people who drafted him in fantasy, but his pitching future for the interim has to be someone in question. Okay. We have uh, some future in terms of the NBA. We got games getting ready to start here a little bit later today. And tonight we're going to preview them with Adam Ronitz of fantasyalarm.com. So make sure you stay tuned as we dive into today's NBA schedule right after this on sports grid, stay on the grid. We're back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Of course, the NBA kicked off this weekend. I should say tipped off this weekend. And uh, really a lot of success, I think, in all of the days. Fun to watch and having games going on all day long. It's going to be the same a little bit later on today. And we're going to get a preview of a couple of games with Adam Ronis. You can find his work over at Fantasy Alarm and FantasyAlarm.com. Of course, follow him on Twitter at Adam Ronis. Adam, great to see you on this Monday. How are you? Doing well, Craig. Always great to be joining you. I know you've been a busy man lately, so uh, thanks for uh, allowing me on the show to get in some time here. Oh, listen, it's uh, it's always a pleasure, and uh, love leaning on you for baseball and NBA. We'll 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 hit on some baseball here in a minute. Um, 
and, and see what kind of analysis we could come up with this wacky season. But the NBA seems like, for the most part, it's on track. We heard some rumblings with the Miami Heat yesterday, so that's something that we're certainly going to have to keep an eye on uh, with Jimmy Butler um, as we move forward, too. Uh, but specifically, what let's let's start with this. What was you? What would you think was the biggest takeaway from the first few days of games through Sunday? Was there anything in particular that you saw, whether it's just the court or the games themselves, just from a viewer standpoint? I thought it came across well on television. Obviously, it's strange with no fans, but I thought they've done a pretty good job. You know, the first day we had both games go well under. And then just the second day, everything pretty much went over. Uh, and the books accounted for it because those numbers were kind of low from what we're accustomed to seeing throughout the regular season, which I understood why. Long layoff, different court. You don't know what kind of shape these guys are in. Uh, so that stood out. As far as the teams, uh, I thought this was a terrible weekend for the Pelicans. Uh, you know, they were the team that I think a lot of people were excited to potentially get in for that eighth seed. And you know, we didn't know, at least on the first day, that Zion Williamson was going to be limited like he was, and he was the second game, and they got blown out. So uh, I thought they had a very easy schedule, but losing the first game, getting blown out by the Clippers, not a surprise. Clippers are one of the best teams. That's one of the other takeaways, too. You know, there was some concern with the Clippers with everything that has been going on. They've only had days where they've had 10 players at practice. They almost beat the Lakers, and then they waxed the Pelicans, and they still don't have Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. So I've said it all year. I think they're the team to beat. I did put another wager on them in before it started at plus 333, and I'm encouraged with what I saw, especially Paul George. You know, he had eight shots from the field, all threes against the Pelicans. He looks healthy. So I took that away. Another thing, the 76ers, man. I don't know why I started to buy in a little bit and I took them against the Pacers and man, what an embarrassment. You know, this team has been tough to figure out all year. Basically what I've done with them is at home, they're 21 and two at home and they just lose on the road. There's, there's no home road here. So right. we heard about how they changed their starting lineup, Ben Simmons to a point forward and the Pacers had two starters out, no Malcolm Brogdon and no DeMontis Sabonis. So I said, all right, this is Philly's opportunity they want to prove to people they're a championship contender and they go out there and they lose the game. So Philly, I'm it's one game, but I'm probably going to off them again because All right. I, and don't overreact. Was, it's one game. Don't overreact. It is. You're right. No, but this has been going on the whole year. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something not right with that team. They definitely have chemistry issues. It will eventually come out. Joel Embiid was arguing with Shake Milton after yeah, the first quarter. There's just something that you know this covering teams and watching teams. Something's not right with that team. Uh, yeah. For you to be there's we know NBA home court matters, right? But 21 and two at home, and then you can't win on the road. That that's a huge disparity. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely bizarre. Um, do you think that looking back on it, the NBA made the right call with having nine teams um, in the East and a Washington? Uh, you know, basically, once we knew Beal was out, was pretty much doomed. They've already lost the first two games since coming back. And it looks like the seeding will be interesting between Brooklyn and Orlando. That's for sure. But what is Washington doing in Orlando right now, Adam? <laughs> like, pointless, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, there was a glimmer of hope. They needed to beat the Nets on Sunday, and they didn't. Uh, they actually had the lead late, and they kind of blew it. Uh, so, yeah, once we knew Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans were out, it was pretty much uh, yeah. they were done. 
But there was nothing else for them to do. I mean, you had to do it mathematical-wise. And at the time, they didn't know Beal was sitting out. So it does lose luster in the Eastern Conference for sure uh, because it's pretty much the Magic and the Nets. I would think the Magic get the seven, Nets get the eight, and the Nets will just get absolutely trounced in the first round by Milwaukee. Right. Uh, the more interest, obviously, is in the Western Conference. And again, a lot of it is seeding, guys getting in shape. And you're seeing some teams are taking this a little bit more seriously than others. You know, everyone's making a big deal about Toronto beating the Lakers on Saturday night. I don't think the Lakers cared about that game. I was on Toronto plus three. I wasn't sure if they would win. But I think Toronto came out. They want to prove that they're a contender in the Eastern Conference. And the Lakers, once they beat the Clippers, they're pretty much sewed up the number one seed. And anytime Anthony Davis comes out, and is going to play like that and not score. The Lakers don't have a shot to win. So um, those those were some of the things that kind of stood out over the weekend. Yeah, and, and look, I was thinking of you on Saturday when the Clippers hit like 25 threes. I was like, wow, they do that in a, in a game in the playoffs, in a big game. You're not going to be able to beat a team that can shoot like that. That's for sure. Um, all right, so uh, speaking of of the Wizards, who I just you know asked you about, uh, they play at 4 o'clock Eastern today. Let's take a look at it. And and look, it's it's basically just getting through – the uh, the end of the season for the Wizards, but look, the spreads. It, this is this is where you know Fanduel comes into play here. You got to pick the right game. ATS against the spread. Indiana's minus seven. The Pacers are forty and twenty six now. The Wizards are just playing uh, for the stretch. Is, is there a chance? Because the Wizards, as you said, they played competitive yesterday. Is there a chance that they come out today and can cover this thing, or or do they just start looking ahead toward next year? Because it's clearly a wrap for them in terms of the, pl- the playoffs. Yeah, uh, it's getting close to them mathematically being eliminated already. Uh, it, I It's back-to-back. I don't think we've seen any team play back-to-back yet. Uh, I'm Today is the first day where we'll see some teams play back-to-back, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, I think they can keep it close, but I'd probably lean towards the Pacers in this yeah. one. Uh, it looks like Malcolm Brogdon might not play. That's something to keep an eye on as well. But, you know, the Pacers looked really good the other night. I was surprised. Again, I thought Philly would handle them in that game. Uh, Pacers kind of just fighting for seeding right now. Uh, But the Wizards just so inexperienced. They just have a lot of guys that, you know, haven't played much. And especially they don't really have a guy that is the go-to guy. You know, Thomas Bryant had a good game against the Nets, but that's because the Nets are very weak against centers. Uh, Shabazz Napier had a disappointing game. So, uh, you know, the line is kind of, you know, seven is kind of a that's big one. That's one of the bigger which, ones we've seen. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm, you know, a little okay. hesitant. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have a strong feel in that game. I'd lean towards the Pacers, but uh, that yeah, as of now, yeah, I'd lean towards the Pacers. Okay. I mean, well, the game it, starts in a few hours, and you still have time to make the call. Um, okay, so TJ Warren, let's talk about this for a minute, because he's the big star from the weekend, clearly, Adam. 53 points against Philly and maybe that was just the outlier there that's what I'm saying like maybe don't overreact TJ Warren's not putting up 50 again I don't think in another game uh 19.2 points per game this season four rebounds we know he's primarily a scorer but I think a lot of people are asking is where does this come from where did it come from this weekend well I liked him a lot uh I did the NBA playbook for DFS on fantasy arm that day and I wrote that TJ Warren is one of the best plays on the slate and the reason why Number one on FanDuel, you have to start two small forwards. Uh, it's a very can be a tough position to fill. But basically, we knew Malcolm Brogdon was out, and we knew Demontis Sabonis was out. So a lot of offense was out for them. And Victor Oladipo still coming back from the injury. Remember, there was a, a time where he wasn't going to play. He changed his mind. 
he came to play, but he's not 100%. So I felt like Warren was going to take more shots than usual. Now, you're right. 20 of 29? Yeah, he's not going to be doing that again. Uh, And the 53 points is certainly an outlier, but this is a guy that can score 20 to 25 with some of those guys out. So uh, Philly had no answer for him. Uh, We won't see this type of game from him again, but, you know, it's going to probably take some time for his salary to go up. So, yeah, definitely a DFS and small forward where you need to on FanDuel. He's got to be in consideration as long as Malcolm Brogdon is out. All right. Uh, Tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern, the Lakers will take on the Jazz. I think Utah's been impressive thus far, as we've seen the Lakers on the season, 49 and 14, Utah, 41 and 23. And we have a total on this one of 219. Um, I I guess, you know, some of the NBA is always about motivation, and that's the way it is toward the end of every season, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. And so does it come down to who is more motivated at this point? It was very clear, even though the first game of the season the Lakers played was down to the last bucket, they did seem motivated, not so much in their second game. How about this one against Utah? Yeah, that's my biggest concern here for the Lakers is what is the motivation for them? Because they've pretty much uh, are locking up the one seed. Uh, The Jazz, though, looked horrific against the Thunder on Saturday. I mean, it was really bad. They were never in the game. Uh, They couldn't score. So, uh, again, that's a team that I was a little worried about coming back. You know, you heard a lot about the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert relationship. Uh, Both guys wanting to be the superstar there. They came out and they won the first night against the Pelicans. But uh, they just looked terrible against the Thunder. So, I think the Lakers are going to want to maybe be a little bit more motivated for this one since they didn't come out and play that well against Toronto. So I I lean towards them uh, picking it up here. I mean, Anthony Davis, like that's a game we never see from Anthony Davis. And LeBron James has struggled a little bit with his shot. So I think the Lakers bounce back in this spot. All right, so that's our NBA preview. Of course, Adam's work is found over at Fantasy Alarm and FantasyAlarm.com. And and Adam is a big, big baseball uh, fantasy analyst and has been doing this for a number of years, winning a lot of leagues. Uh, in fact, I'm playing in against him in a league this year. I see he's already on top to start the league, which the season, which shouldn't be a huge surprise. But I got to tell you, this is this is a season like no other, Adam. I mean, it is completely unpredictable at this point. Like I, I'm starting to consider picking up backups on COVID hit teams because I know that they're going to have a chance to play. Like it's just, I, I mean, I don't even know where to go with this stuff aside from all the injuries that there are. So many teams are behind in schedule. Maybe that means to pick up those players because they're going to get more games. But what happens if they test positive? I just I really don't have a lot of answers this this season. And I I mean, I don't have any saves. I don't know that I'm even going to get somebody that has saves because that guy could be replaced very quickly. What a mess, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so challenging. I mean, if you're in a weekly league this year, it's just a nightmare. You've lost so many games already. We don't even know the schedule for the upcoming weekend, and that's more important than ever. We want to see, okay, who's this guy pitching against? He has a favorable matchup? Sure, I'm going to pick him up and stream him. You talked about closures. There's so many situations that are open, and we don't even know who is the guy. It could be between two or three uh, different pitchers. So you just have to do the best you can. But, yeah, it's absolutely frustrating. And, you know, the standings really don't mean much. I know you're referring to the Labor League. Yeah. And this year, anything that you win, it's just not the same. And you could say everyone's on a level playing field, but we're not. You know, some teams are loaded with Blue Jays, Phillies that missed last week. I mean, people make fun of the Marlins. They have some good – I mean, I got Sandy Alcantara in our uh, league. Pablo Lopez I have in another league. I mean, there's some good players on the team. I have Brian Anderson. So yeah, there's still good players that are – that we're missing time from. Uh, so it's really been frustrating. 
we're just happy to have baseball and we hope that it sticks around. But yeah, this has been a challenging year and you just do the best you can. But when you go through fab and you're doing it, it's a headache, man. It's a it headache. Is. It is. I put, you know, I put in like 30 players per drop. <laughs> I, I know I, I did the same thing. What What do you make of the, of, of the Cespedes situation? Yeah. I was so excited that I had him. I, wo- I woke up the, the first day of the baseball season and looked at my team and said, wow, I have Cespedes. That was really good by me. <laughs> Two weeks later, I don't have him anymore. Yeah, I don't know, man. It seems like there's more to this story here. It's always difficult to trust the Mets. I mean, if the reports are true that he just didn't tell them and just left, I mean, that's messed up. You can't do that. Yeah. Everyone has reasons for opting out. If they, Everyone has a different reaction to COVID-19. We saw Lorenzo Kane opt out, and I'm never going to criticize an athlete or a player. They have families, kids, certain conditions. Uh, but from the reports that we initially saw with Cespedes about him not – contacting the team just taking his stuff and leaving i mean it's very unprofessional but i don't know if it's all true you know this stuff gets reported you don't know know if it's true no trust me and at some point we'll hear from cespedes but i would not expect to be anytime soon if he didn't tell uh the team no doubt all right adam great to catch up with you again thanks for coming on this monday we'll catch up again next week okay yeah no problem anytime for you craig All right, Adam Ronis. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam Ronis. As he mentioned, his DFS playbook and basketball uh, does a fantastic job over at FantasyAlarm.com. We'll take a quick timeout and be right back with more Fantasy Sports Today right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Looks like the week ahead for baseball is getting interesting as the Orioles and Marlins announced they're going to play four games coming up this week, including a doubleheader where the two teams will play seven games apiece. So those of you who are playing in DFS, take note of that <laughs> as we preview that tomorrow. Uh, but for tonight, we do have some interesting matchups. Of course, uh, one earlier game in the 640 Eastern and so... Uh, Joe, in terms of FanDuel, you have some choices to make to include that game or go with the entire slate. Uh, But uh, I know that you in particular are on uh, one of the pitchers in that game. And I know coming off uh, the weekend we left on Friday, uh, Charlie Blackman hopefully helped out some people to make some money. And now it just comes down to can we keep helping people uh, make money or are we giving it all back tonight? I guess. No, 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 never. We got to we got to keep it all for ourselves. We got to be greedy here. Uh, Yeah. Today, obviously, Garrett Cole is the good kind of chalk and he's going to be owned everywhere. And it's okay actually to play that cash game arm, even in some tournaments, because I think it's going to be that good against the Phillies who have been the layoff. But But if you want to differentiate a little bit, you could play the all day slate today. It starts at 640 and get Sonny Gray instead. I think he's a better investment today than Walker Bueller, who's got a tough matchup against Paddock and DeGrom, who would also look, it's a tough matchup on the road against the Braves. The bullpen's been bad. The offense, the defense, everything's been bad for the Mets. So I think Sonny Gray is actually the pivot from Cole, but Cole, obviously a great start. Frankie Montas against Seattle. I think the third start's going to be the charm for him. Things are starting to go better. Good opportunity for a W. And I like the two bats in Chicago as well, because you've got Nico Horner, just 2.4 against Danny Duffy and Javier Baez, the payup at a 3.8. Duffy had a four and a half ERA on the road last year. Like both of those guys tonight there against Kansas City. So that's your DFS look ahead on FST. 
All right, well, guys, get in on the uh, the Cubs bats. They play against the Royals, and the Royals certainly have hit the ball better than people thought. But uh, not not the greatest pitching staff in the world. And by the way, not even their fault. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of issues to start off the season with them going with rookies like Brady Singer for sure. All right, that'll do it for the first hour of fantasy sports today. But we're just getting started. We got another hour to go. Who have been some of the fantasy hits and misses? And in terms of where we're going in the future with baseball, we have some updated news on that with the Marlins, the Cardinals, and the Orioles. We'll have it next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 